Hello humans, hello humans. Once again, another trip into town. It's Thursday, September the 22nd. And it's uh, certainly fall, no question here. We've got fall weather moving in. We've seen, um, or I saw this morning, um, geese and ducks uh, in big wings headed south. So they know. Once again, though, we've got to talk about the Mother Weffers, uh, the World Economic Forum. They're the face of the great evil now. So it's no longer the Knights of Malta or the Club of Rome or any of that. The face of the evil is uh, the Mother Weffers. The, or um, the name and the structure of the organizations change over time, but the agenda does not. Uh, so it, to the casual uh, researcher, it becomes difficult to track after a bit because the, um, the players scatter, reform into new organizations, and this kind of stuff on a periodic basis. Uh, looks like about every 25 years, they have a major uh, reorg that goes on every 25 years to, and I think it's deliberate, to disrupt the ability to track their crimes. Uh, and tie them to organizations, and then thus to individuals. But in any event, here we are with uh, the Mother Weffers trying their big push now for planetary lockdown for climate change, which of course is, you know, absolute bullshit. The climate is not getting warmer. We don't have global warming. They don't use those words anymore. They use the words climate change, which is basically a definition, right? because climate is change. It is weather changing every day that we all will lump together into a common record over a defined period of time, and that we call our climate. So our climate is um, constantly variable. It will always be constantly variable. Now, I bought all of the data that the United States Weather Service has available to be purchased. And I've been running routines against it, analyzing it, and my metrics were really simple. I just wanted to look in various general areas for the number of days in every year that were over 90 degrees and for the period of time uh, for when those 90 degree days started appearing. And so, uh, the conclusions that I have are that we're entering into a very much colder period of time because it is factual to state that the number of 90 degree days has been decreasing annually at a pretty steady rate and the um, first appearance of a 90 degree or hotter day uh, is later in the year now. So we end up with, um, you know, uh, in 1980, for instance, here in, in Washington State, we had uh, a greater than 90 degree temperature day uh, on the 1st of May. And then we had a number of 90 degree days the rest of that summer. And in the same locale in Washington State this year, there have been no 90 degree plus days. So between 1980 and, and 2022, we got to the point where there were um, 24 90 degree plus days down to zero 
in the same locale. So we get a, a, a very clear picture that things are getting colder and it's a general gradual creep. It's not a sudden sharp or anything like that. It doesn't, doesn't impact us. It's not anything humans have done. Uh, there's no uh, sharp definitive structural change in the environment. It is a uh, following along the way it's always followed along, right? And so we also know that the Mother Weffer's climate change is bogus because they cite carbon dioxide. They keep lay, laying all the problems to carbon dioxide. This was one of their goals, was to demonize carbon. Humans are mostly carbon. All the stuff we do produces carbon. So if they can get you to think of carbon as a negative, then they can make you demonize yourself and your own activities, which is what they want to do. They think they own all of the planet and they want to control it all. And uh, they they claim all of the resources and they, they think that anybody that's not one of the Kazarian Mafia, anybody that's not invited into the WEF, World Economic Forum, the Mother Weffers, anybody that's not part of them is cattle and is a is a beast quite quite actually to be harvested so this is this is what we're up against now their their pandemic did not get them what they wanted the covid stuff got them a little bit of their of the way towards their goal and admittedly they killed off a lot of biden voters uh with the shots and they're killing and more dying every day with the shots and they're still pushing the shots, trying to kill as many as they possibly can, even as the pushback against the shots rises. So we see that in like Louisiana, they've done away with the idea that kids need to be vaccinated against COVID in order to go to school. Uh, so they've been able to save the kids in Louisiana from this uh, horror, the clot shot. And, and so it goes, right? It's a continual, constant battle. But the thing in our favor is that once a normie wakes up to the World Economic Forum and the manipulations of our reality, they can't go back to sleep. Not easily anyway. And so what we end up with is yet another warrior against the WEF because these people wake up and say, well, geez, these motherfuckers are trying to do me in or they're trying to harm my kids, you know, and I'd better learn more and do more and so on. And so I have discussions with like, well, like my UPS guy. My UPS guy is in his uh, late 30s, early 40s, and uh, the UPS driver who is the regular one that comes by, and he um, uh, he's really investigating conspiracies now because he's getting wise to the uh, manipulations of the World Economic Forum in his reality, and he's uh, determined to learn all about it, see who's doing what, and try and take effective measures against them. And so he's become awake, won't be going back to sleep. He's telling everybody everything he learns and, and eliciting conversations with everybody he, he delivers to and runs into. Some go better than others, of course. But um, so this is the effect that we have. And so he used to be a supporter of the uh, establishment, the nominal social order. And um, now he's not. Now he's awake and he's thinking on his own and it's rough and he's making decisions, but he's feeling better about it and he's looking out for his kids and so on. And this is the um, nature of the world that we have at the moment. Now, the, uh, 
The greater conspiracy of the Mother Weffers to control the planet is running into real problems, but these guys are not able to adapt, all right? They, they're not good thinkers. They're actually quite stupid. And um, they will continue with their plans in spite of the fact that they can even see now that their plans are failing and that they don't have much, if any, uh, hope of success the way they want it. Their next goal is to shut everybody down with uh, climate activists and to, um, to have climate be the uh, big driver for a planetary lockdown. The planetary lockdown is really necessary, they think, uh, for their plans to deprive us of the ability to interact with each other, to go and have experiences, to be able to basically control us and say, no, you can't move, you can't travel, that we own you and we own the right to travel. Used to be this way with the feudal lords. That's where the, the passports come from. You had to have a pass from the feudal lord to, to leave the portal, passaporta, um, to leave the portal of that particular walled-in village um, or town or castle or whatever, right? You had to have permission to travel because you were owned property as a serf. And so that's what they want to go back to. There is all quite obvious, and, and it, but it takes a while for the normies to catch on to this shit because all this is so deep. It goes all the way down into the election, goes down into our money, it goes down into... Uh, the food pyramid, uh, one of the very, if you go and read history, one of the very first institutions to be taken over in this country that we've repeatedly had to clear out and re reconstitute was the Department of Agriculture. And that the Mother Weffers, even in the 1800s, even before that organization, uh, the WEF was formed, but in the 1800s, the precursor organizations had warped the Department of Agriculture to come up with bad food such that they could control the population. And we, we note that at the same time that the Department of Agriculture was being taken over, there was a big push into the Seventh-day Adventist religion uh, in California uh, to push out a vegetarian diet for people on the American continent uh, with the under, it was sold to the Seventh-day Adventists uh, that you could stop war. The Seventh-day Adventists are, were, I don't know if they still are, but they were greatly focused on um, uh, interhumanity fighting. They just, the war just, uh, you know, really, really set them off, right? And so they were de determined to defeat war, and, and they saw the United States as being a, they were sold the idea that we were the paramount war makers on the planet and that we were going to get uh, fierce and worse as we went on if they didn't do something. So they decided to lower the testosterone levels in all the males by introducing a very, very, very poor diet that would weaken the constitution of the uh, North American male. And it would do so by depriving them of, of testosterone, increasing um, cortisol, the stress hormones, and um, reducing the brain mass and capacity by reducing the amount of fats in the in the brain. The fats really came in in the 60s or in the 50s and the 60s. They set the stage in the 50s uh, to, to force us into seed oils. They were forcing us into seed oils because it was becoming apparent through 56 through 58, 1956 through 58, there was a, a big recession slash depression here in the in the United States and um, they 
started actively forcing the fast food um, idiom on the country in 1958. They did so because it was possible to keep things together if we all sw swapped over to seed oils as opposed to real fats for cooking because the it was a, basically a case of the inflation was really showing up in quality food. And so uh, to get, you know, tallow or lard or something for cooking uh, cost you a lot. It cost about, at the time, about 10 times as much as uh, seed oils. And this is even before they'd uh, gotten the engine lubricant uh, from the Canadians and uh, bubbled hydrogen through it in order to create canola oil. Um, and feed it to us. So it's an engine lubricant. So canola oil is never was never intended to be used for human consumption. It was sold to you by the Weffers as a uh, product that your body can actually uh, ingest and do something with. And the facts appear to be, uh, there is some dispute, um, but the, the facts appear to be that about 90% of canola oil is indigestible and a certain a mass of it will remain in your body every time you eat it. It's just uh, wicked, terrible stuff, and it fucks over your brain. Now, all seed oils have certain characteristics uh, in common with canola oil in terms of hassling your thinking and your brain, and that also all seed oils bring with them pollutants that you would not otherwise get. That, that seeds and plants will pick up things out of the atmosphere and, and uh, pollution and so on that are not going to be transmitted to you if you cook with uh, ghee or tallow or lard uh, because the animals uh, just don't pick up these levels of pollution and store them and transmit them to you. In addition, all of the nutrients that are cited in uh, vegetables and um, in vegetables, in vegetarian diet, all of the nutrients other than fiber, fiber as a nutrient, considered as its own nutrient, um, but all of those are bioavailable other than the fiber. The fiber works, it's, you know, you, you use it as roughage and it causes stuff to move through the gut. Um, but the other ones, vitamins and uh, minerals and so forth, mostly are not able to be uptake taken by the human body. So yeah, you may find that there's all kinds of vitamin B, vitamin C even, and vitamin A in certain uh, vegetables, but it doesn't do you any good because your body cannot extract them from those vegetables. They just sort of gloss over this part, right? They do an assay and they say that this particular fruit is just chock full of vitamin C, that you could not get more vitamin C out of a fruit if you tried. Uh, but that particular fruit, the vitamin C is not very much available to you. And so maybe you're going to get, um, uh, maybe you're going to get like five or 10% of the amount that's actually in there. Having to follow a pilot car here. So everything's all disrupted. They're trying to get the last of the construction done before we get into our deep uh, rainy season. So I have to pay a little bit of attention to driving at the moment. Anyway, um, 
So they did it with seed oils. They altered with seed oils. It wasn't fast enough. It wasn't working for them fast enough. So they came up with the idea that everybody needed to take statins. Statins um, uh, destroy cholesterol. Your brain has to have one quarter of all the cholesterol that you intake or produce in your body. Your brain uses it. And so if you don't have that cholesterol, you get really fucked up in the head. Uh, in my opinion, statins are uh, exacerbating and, and um, exaggerating and amplifying uh, Alzheimer's and uh, dementia. And they're also causing fissures in the brain. Now, the fissures in the brain part's pretty much known, right? Uh, they dispute it. The statin makers say that you can't have a causal relationship uh, between the fissures in your brain and y that you died um, in just about um, 18 months once the uh, dementia onset instead of five years. Uh, and the autopsy shows fissures in the brain, but they say, oh, it could be, you know, you're, you're a smoker or something, right? And so they, we don't have a definitive connection between uh, these uh, statins and the fissures, but they do indeed uh, participate, if not are the causal agent. Uh, and that's just the way it is, that you have to guard yourself continuously because your entire planet, your reality, the, the paradigm, the paradigm, uh, the narrative paradigm that they have constructed says that vegetarianism is good, climate change is happening and is bad, and it's global warming, uh, and that um, uh, humans must be social activists, right? And so, and they're doing all this to basically eliminate humans, to kill off all kinds of humans that they possibly can. And they're doing it every which way they can by making us stupid, dumbing us down, making us easier to control. They want us to be domesticated beasts, uh, barely able to think for ourselves, barely able to wipe their, our, our own asses and, you know, blow our own noses, that kind of thing, right? Holy crud, that's a big truck. Anyway, uh, everybody going the wrong way on the lanes, pilot cars, giant trucks full of uh, road gravel and, and oil trucks and fresh oil everywhere and smoke and that kind of thing happening. Um, so anyway, uh, the mother weffers are, are pushing real hard, but it's all breaking down. And because it's all breaking down, because their, their pandemic paradigm didn't work, the pandemic narrative, uh, it only worked a little bit. Um, and even now, uh, there was an article just the other day uh, from the mother weffers, from a mother weffer uh, thinker, right? Somebody who is a, a thought leader in the mother weffers themselves, uh, talking about how COVID was a compliance exercise, how it was a, uh, an, a social awareness test to see how uh, socially um, compliant uh, somebody or, or the population will be uh, given certain circumstances, right? And so this was a test for the mother weffers. And, you know, they think that uh, their test uh, was successful for their, their needs and that, that uh, sort of humanity passed the test in the sense that we're compliant. But it's not quite going the way that they think. 
their their test metrics were bad to begin with and um, uh, is not well defined and so on these people don't think very well and their analysis is really piss poor of what has actually happened and what the net result is because the net result is that they had their pandemic scam and they killed off all kinds of people all right no question about that they killed off millions in china how many millions i don't think we'll ever know um but uh anyway the um the result is this awakening process and so absent the pandemic there would have been no great awakening it would not have happened it would have been a gradual awakening uh, grudgingly, you'd have to fight people to get them to understand your perspective about the World Economic Forum because they were not blatant about it. Now they've been blatant for so long, everybody can see them, and you're getting normies that are actually talking, like Jordan Peterson, academics that are talking about the World Economic Forum in a very negative um, light. Whereas before, these people just assumed that they were part of the global governance. So Jordan Peterson, up until the pandemic, probably never gave a thought to the World Economic Forum and its legitimacy at all. Uh, never would have questioned any of it. And of course, it needs to be questioned, but that's, uh, that's just the way that we're, we're headed here, is that their actions are causing, the World Economic Forum's actions and their plans are causing these responses. And these idiots use uh, Helgian dialectics to create, you know, problem, reaction, solution. So they create a problem, you react to it, and then they say, we've got a solution, right? So they created the problem of the pandemic, you reacted to it, and then they said they had the solution of the shot. Only a certain amount of people took the shot, the rest of us said, no, fuck you, we're starting to see this shit. And more people took the shot, and then they said, oh, no, I'm not having that shit again, I got too sick, fuck you guys. And so this is just the um, a natural response that was engineered, but these the mother weffers just can't see that it's bound to occur. Anyway, uh, I mean these guys are really stupid, but stupidity aside doesn't make them any less dangerous. If you're going to fight a stupid individual one on one, you still have to um, take into account how strong they may be, their reach. Uh, their knowledge of fighting, etc. Just because they're stupid does not necessarily make them uh, less dangerous, right? It makes them less strategically able to uh, think, uh, or to think strategically and, and uh, um, analytically about their own tactics and success and so on. But it does not necessarily make them less dangerous in any given situation. So we've got to deal with these fuckers and they are they are a danger to us and we always have to constantly keep on the lookout for the ways that they're trying to uh, manipulate us and so on, right? They've provided some level of uh, interesting openings and in terms of the pandemic and the effect of the lockdown and how people have thought about it and so on, and the information that these people have encountered and the great awakening sweeping through the, the humanity is affecting things that will have us go back and undo a lot of this stuff. So once you see the mother weffer 
Klaus Schwab standing out there in his Dr. Evil outfit and realize that he ain't fucking around. He really wants to be Dr. Evil. Um, then you start looking at him, you start looking at his history, you come across his, his parents, you come across his associations in his life, and you just keep going back and back and back. And you can work your way all the way back through the, the fuckery with the, the statins and the uh, uh, standard American diet, which by the way is 70% plant-based uh, already. So uh, all of these things, I think, will be undone as we examine them, just the way the parents are now undoing the infiltration of the schools and saying, no, you're not going to teach my kids that. I will uh, take them out of your fucking school before I will allow you to warp their head with, with this uh, political agenda. Uh, or, or, and it's a political agenda, even if it's a gender agenda, right? Um it's all political. It's all to disrupt the society. They don't care about anybody's gender and they're not sympathetic to um, sexual dysphoria or body dysphoria. The mother weffers don't care about any of that. They just want to fuck you over. And psychiatrists are like that. So they create the mother weffers, the Tavistock Institute created and promoted psychiatry. They promoted somebody who was the most addicted son of a bitch you've ever seen. This guy Shlomo. Uh, Shlomo was addicted to cigars, giant herky cigars. He smoked 33 cigars a day. Um, he was addicted to alcohol. He was an alcoholic. He was addicted to cocaine. And he took morphine to get away from the cocaine addiction. And then he became addicted to morphine. And this, this guy Shlomo, uh, his full name was um, uh, Shlomo Sigismund Freud. And you know him as Sigmund Freud. Again, the name stealers. You know, are you going to pay any attention to somebody named Shlomo? Um, anyway, so Shlomo was not a not a real great thinker. He was just deluded and could write. He was driven to write about his own um, understanding. And they created this idea of psychiatry, which is invalid. You cannot in, in examine the and cure the mind by examining the mind with the mind. That's like saying that you can uh, use a tool to examine the tool and repair the tool. And you're never going to be able to repair your hammer with, its, with itself. Re repair the hammer with itself. That kind of logic is, or that kind of illogic simply does not work. And, and it, if you examine it at that level, it's a non-starter. But nonetheless, they promote him just the way they promoted um, Einstein. Uh, the plagiarist, uh, the great plagiarist. And now we're into the paradigm of uh, quantum mechanics and E equals C, uh, MC squared and, you know, um, all of this kind of stuff. And that they're, so it's a bogus view of reality. And they want you to operate in this bogus view of reality and make the assumptions that it is solid and, and a real reflection of how reality operates. And this is good for them. This is why we have the 1619 Project. This is why we have the huge anti-white uh, initiative in the um, uh, Western world. And so when people hassle me about that, it's like, uh, first off, if anybody ever comes on up and hassles you about being a white guy and claims white privilege and stuff, put it right back on them. Never defend, always attack. And so when they say white, I say Westerman. 
okay? Because it's not about color. It's about an attitude of um, uh, a civilization, so to speak. And so, uh, so they are against the Western ideologies uh, arising, right? They're against Western think. And so, so I just attack the motherfuckers. Anybody comes at me and tries to make me feel bad about my particular race, they're going to get a whole uh, world of grief uh, about this. And I'm not a white supremacist, you know. I mean, that's <laughs> that's an absurd idea that that we have that within humanity that one uh, racial group is uh, going to dominate all the others. All of this idea, by the way, is projected on us by the Wefarians, who are Jewish supremacists. They are pretend Jews. None of the Wefarians are Jews. None of the Khazarians are Jews. None of the um, uh, people from Central Europe through the Khazarian Empire uh, are, have any uh, Jewish material in their DNA at all. And they practice what they think of as Judaism um, as an extract, uh, extracted subset of the Talmud. And all of this is controlled for them by their judges, their rabbinical councils and stuff that decide what they will think and how they will think it. And so the whole ethos for the Wefarians reinforces the isolation and um, cult-like behavior of the uh, uh, Wefarians themselves. It's all set up to do that. This is why we are where we are at the moment. In any event, though, the Wefarians are um, going to push the climate change. They have no option. This is their one of their last um, big uh, theaters. Uh, there is some potential that they might roll out space aliens. Okay, that is the last one that I'm aware of. Is the space alien menace? Uh, that's as far as they can take their their fantasies in attempting to control us. And again, it's a problem-reaction uh, Helgian dialectic thing where they are going to say, we have the solution to the, the space alien invasion. Uh, they are going to hoax, hoax up the space alien invasion, and they're going to try and make you afraid of it, just the way they're trying to get all their true believers out there, the climate activists, to... Um, follow along on the compliance schedule that they developed as a result of COVID. And they think that if they can get enough people to, uh, in the mainstream media and enough people in the academia and uh, the general um, consensus group in society to promote uh, climate uh, change, is what they're calling it, to promote global warming, and, uh, and reduce human activity as a result, then they can control us forever. It's not going to work. It's not the same thing. We're not going to be as scared of climate change as uh, they, they made the general population as scared of the COVID. It's a, it's a rough, nasty world out there, and these, these guys are not aiding anybody with their approach to it all. Um, they're not even really aiding themselves. They think they are. They think they're going to come out on top. But it's, it's kind of a foregone conclusion that they've already lost, that the um, masses are 
returning and that the awakening process will uh, sweep them away. I, I'm really uh, elevated by the Great Awakening because it means we're moving into a sci-fi world in a serious way because we'll start questioning everything. We'll get back to doing real science, which is all based on the scientific method and has nothing to do with consensus, has nothing to do with peer review, which is a stupid thing because it allows the dumbest person in the group to say, no, you can't publish that article. I find it it's um, science or, or math or whatever it is offensive. So peer review is just, in my opinion, formalized Mother Weffer groupthink. And, and basically, it's like, if I've got a good idea and I can write it up and present it to you, do you care that other people have vetted it, that other people have said, oh, it's a good idea or it's a bad idea or whatever. It will stand on its own. It will survive on its own if it's a good idea. It doesn't, doesn't need the vetting process at all. Uh, we need scientific journals and we need um, scientific journals to be absolute um, thunderdome kind of knock down, drag out fights over uh, science, right? That's what you want in your scientists. That's what I want, is someone so fierce that they will attack their opponent's math and prove that they were wrong, or that they'll uh, uh, destroy their opponent's study by uh, pointing out how they had a statistical flaw from the get-go, and so on. So basically, it's a, it's a free-for-all, and we fight it out, and humanity benefits because we end up with a better idea that did not exist before this process. Unlike the Wefonians, where the peer review process, the thinking process, is only and always there to confirm the agenda. It has nothing to do with coming out with and discovering new science. So all of these scientific journals, you know, uh, cell, matter, biology, um, biophotonics, all of these, uh, I read them but and it's like, eh, you know, the articles are, are bland, there's no new discoveries, it's a rehash of old stuff, and it's all under the peer review auspices, so you don't get the leading thinkers even bothering to write articles for journals. So I've had some really good thoughts on magnetics. I've come up with a, uh, what I call the Wooble, which shows you how uh, the golden mean and the golden ratio arise in nature and uh, how magnetism works. And I could write it up and put it in, I could write it up elegantly and eloquently, but there's no point because no one would ever publish it. It would never get into any kind of a journal because of the peer review process. And in peer review, you have to understand, if you're gonna have 10 guys review an article, where is the incentive for any of those 10 to promote the article itself, to, to give it a good, review and so on. Even if it's stellar science, there's no incentive in the process for the individuals in the process to do other than shut down. And that's the way they design the process. Again, one of my bitches about academia, which has been captured by the Mother Weffers here in this country, in the Western, Western republics, uh, for at least the last 59 years. I'm pretty sure that it was captured as early as 1947 uh, academia, in, in the Academy of Arts and Sciences, and I'm, I'm pretty certain of that. 
because of the actions of the CIA and uh, uh, as uh, you know as the the face for government the CIA at that time was in charge of distributing uh, the space alien material that we'd come across and so they did it within a particular approach and they leaked it out into academia through their captured institutions within the academic environment and so we can see the hand of the government in manipulating the social order uh, even back then and so now we can if we look we see that the mother weffers are all about um, social responsibility and the COVID test was a social responsibility test. Are you socially responsible enough to wear a mask and take a death shot so that you won't potentially uh, threaten, uh, you know, Susie's uh, grandmother, right? Uh, that sort of thing. And of course, it's all bogus, but they were testing their ability to control the masses and they did pretty well. I mean, they shut down the whole planet for a while. The good part about that is that in so doing, they woke up a big chunk of the planet, a big chunk of humanity. And so in that sense, you know, we needed to go through it. I think all of this is actually pretty good in a generalized way. As an experience, because we've ended up with all of these positive benefits. We're not under the control of the mother weffers. They're going down. There's a lot of pushback. You got a lot of normies that know who they are now and are examining them. And, you know, at some point you get hooked on conspiracy theories. You go a little bit into it and you think, well, geez, is that true? And then you start investigating and you find out, yeah, it is. And then it makes it even worse. So anyway, uh, they're going to push. They're going to push on the climate change stuff outside of space aliens. I think that's really all they've got. Their monkeypox thing fell by the wayside, and their um, financial system is crumbling underneath them. That's what's allowed them to have the power. Uh, once the financial system, ha it has reached that point now where the financial system is crumbling so fast, it's degrading so fast that even normies are becoming aware of things like the Fed and BIS and, and International Monetary Fund and all of these kind of um, otherwise abstract organizations removed from their lives and they see that, oh geez, these people are really affecting me. You know, these are, these are the motherfuckers that are causing my uh, gasoline, you know, to be, uh, you know, now four or five dollars, but real soon, uh, ten or twenty dollars. I think we'll actually get up to about, um, the 12 or $15 per gallon gas before we have a major uh, bunch of drama around it politically. And that that should happen in January or February. What the drama is gonna be, I don't know, but it's gonna be really interesting. Okay guys, that's about it. Just sort of a bit of meandering thinking about these motherfuckers. We've got chores here, got to head in and buy supplies and uh, some bits and pieces that allow me to get some work done. Anyway, take care.
and stay woo.